Let's do this. Get set. This is Running Flat Radio with Chris Yuzinski on AM 800 CKLW, the information station. Running Flat Radio is a paid program on AM 800. That day, for no particular reason, I decided to go for a little run. So I ran to the end of the road. Just a little run. <laughs> Just a little run. Chris Yuzinski and Kelly Steele from the Winter Star on Running Flat Radio. Welcome to Running Flat Radio. We are a show all about endurance sports, mostly running. And, uh, you know, we're just coming off of the, the amazing Run for Heroes marathon weekend that we had uh, nine days ago. And uh, we're still, A, cleaning up <laughs> at, uh, at at the Uzinski household, uh, you know, product and, and, you know, coolers and everything's been cleaned. But I saw all the recyclables waiting to oh, go out as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, the blue box guy is going to hate me on Friday. Uh, but you know what? Having said that, you know, we're all really getting pumped right now about a couple events that are coming up. We have the, obviously, Zombie Chase. Mm-hmm which is thanks Canadian Thanksgiving weekend, October 11th. It's a 5K that we do at the riverfront. And uh, so we're just kind of like in the last stages of, of all the planning and all the registration. And, and we've released what the medal looks like. So we'll actually have medals in hand uh, by early next week. And we're going to release right now Running Flat, all in capital letters, is a $10 promo code. If you go to runningflat.com, go to Zombie Chase, go to register, and, and the promo code is Running Flat. All in capital letters for ten dollars off registration, which is pretty cool. That's a really good deal, and uh, and of course we're we're also all really getting pumped about Detroit. The, the free press yep, marathon coming is, up quickly is, is right around the corner, and uh, on today's show we have uh, Jay Hudson, who's the program director of Sister Station eighty nine X. He's on with us with uh, with his coach uh, Clint Varon, who is also. A Hanson's runner, so you know most of this show will be talking about Hanson's, the Hanson's method, because I've always been fascinated about uh, the lore behind, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the whole incubator issue of bringing people together, all with a common goal of of being great runners. So we're gonna we're we're gonna have those guys on a little bit later. And I think I told you I've been following the hot Hanson guys for years. <laughs> I absolutely love the team, and uh, we've been we've been fans of them for years. They do wonderful things. But but first. We really need to talk to Thomas Padruchny, who's 77 years old, and uh, and and Thomas is uh, is is 198th marathon was was the marathon at Run for Heroes Marathon, 198 marathon. That is crazy. He does a marathon every other week. <laughs> And he's 77 years old. We also have uh, Andrew Gruning, who's running Flats course mm-hmm. director on the line. And uh, Andrew, are you there? We'll, uh, we'll get Andrew on in a second as well. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to get Thomas and Andrew on together to, to discuss, uh, you know, I guess the course. And, and Thomas had, had a wonderful run. First off, it was, it was a fabulous day it was. For, uh, for, for him to be out there. I'd love to find out how he actually does it. How do you do marathon after marathon without getting up in the morning going, you know what, this week I just really don't want to do a marathon. Because sometimes you just feel like you want to go for a run. <laughs> Such is life. So um, the one thing that we're going to also do is we're going to get into Song of the Week. Um, is uh, is Andrew online? Thomas is online. Yes, I'm online. Thomas, welcome to Running Flat Radio. How are you, sir? Fine, just great. Training diligently for number 199. And what's that going to be? That's uh, uh, coming up on Sunday. And which race? It's uh, in uh, Prince Edward County, Picton County, which is near Belleville, Kingston, Belleville area. Awesome. T- Thomas, when did you start running? Uh, I started running at the age of 42, so that goes back about uh, hmm, 35, 36 years ago, somewhere there. Right, right. It was right after the hockey playoffs, uh, which ended about early May, and and I was living in Manitoba at the time, because I was born and raised in Manitoba, and uh, Winnipeg, um, which is Manitoba, was having its very first marathon. So it was being broadcasted on the radio. So I thought, wow, I'll have a look at that. 
Can you hear me all okay? Yeah, yep. yeah, there we go. Thanks, Tom. And so therefore, I went out and got myself a $5 pair of Adidas shoes and started training. <laughs> well, within a week, they fell off their board. So <laughs> then I went up and invested in a $20 pair of Puma shoes. Yeah. And that's when I kind of got started, got into the very first marathon. Uh, actually, when I went to pick up my kit on the Saturday, and after coming home, my whole family was crying. My in-laws were crying. They said I was going to die in the marathon. <laughs> you proved them wrong, didn't you? Right, I assured that I was just going to go five miles, and that was it. Well, I went to 18 miles nonstop without stopping for water anywhere. And uh, our sportscaster from Winnipeg was just ahead of me, and he said, this is a good place for me to exit at mile 18. And I said, sure, that's good for me, too. Well, I did not realize till the next day that you could walk around the bounce the way to finish the race. Right. And so the Winnipeg papers you know, called me uh, everything under the sun in the following weeks that I was insane, stupid, or whatever else. <laughs> but anyways, that's how I got my start. At age 42, and that was in 1979. Thomas, what's the motivation for doing a marathon every other week right now? Uh, I just like physical activity. I've been in sports since about age six. and I've played all the major sports, even hockey, to age 50. So, so this, this idea of, of being involved in sports and exercising is just inborn with, within me. And every day I have a two-hour workout, and uh, I just love marathoning. So, so Thomas, you're 77 years old. Do, I am do, 77 and two-thirds. Oh, yes. Okay. Do, do, <laughs> do, do you have a recommendation to people out there who are in their 70s, in their 60s, in their 50s that, 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 that you can give to them right now? Well, if if they're eager and participating in this sport, I'm sure go ahead, but start very slow. Start walking for the first couple of months and then increase your pace and switch to running if you can. Here again, it's dependent on their physical condition at that point. But anyways, it is possible. Uh, I just A couple of weeks ago, I met a woman that started running at age 60, and is doing the full marathons. So, Thomas, I'm sure everyone's wondering right now, you have 198 marathons under your right. belt. Do you have a goal in mind, or are you just going to keep doing them? <laughs> I'm, uh, well, I'm ending the year at 202, so I would just keep on going. That yeah. is excellent. And, and really, when you're out there and you're running these races, like how, how, how do you feel when you know two weeks later you're going to be doing it again? Are you excited about it? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, I, I'm constantly excited about it. And it's, it's more than the running, too. It's, uh, I like communicating with people along the course. And, and, uh, and so, therefore, I think this is what keeps me strongly motivated in, in entering these races. Do you have a so There's fair- a social aspect, and there's a workout aspect. <laughs> and do you have a favorite marathon so far? Well, the one that always sticks in my mind is uh, the New York City Marathon that... Uh, that I did in uh, 19, uh, New York City, 1987. I remember that one step by step all the way, <laughs> simply because uh, there, there were 25,000 runners pressed together. There was no timing chip. You couldn't pass anybody. There were crowds galore on each side, about three abreast on each side, just hollering all the way. And so I remember that one step by step mm-hmm. all the way. And is there one you still really want to do? Uh, well, <laughs> I've got to be realistic. I, I wouldn't qualify now. Okay. I've just gotten a little too slow. <laughs> <laughs> is, t- t- are there other challenges that you find as you get older completing a marathon that, that you didn't see maybe a decade ago or, or even 20 yeah. years ago? Yeah. Well, the most challenging thing that... that has been that kind of started at about till age uh, 73 is the the slow diminishing of of speed you know whereas i even at at age 73 i was still able to do them at five hours in a few minutes 
it started taking me longer and longer. Even though this year I've had a 522 and a couple of 533s and a 540, but I have had several that have gone over six hours. So, so, but is there also a challenge that you find regarding nutrition or sleep or, you know, or, or hydration? Is, is What's changing in your body uh, as you as you go all on and on and on? Because yeah. the 26.2 really doesn't yeah. change much from, from year to year, right? Yeah, no. No, nothing else is changing within me. My, my, my daily lifestyle is remaining the same. And so the only noticeable difference now is the speed. I, I can't muster that speed that I used to have. Like, my best time ever in the marathon was 3.27. I was Jeez. age 48 at the time. That's excellent. Wow. Now, in, so, betwe- in between your two marathons, like if you do a marathon every two weeks, yeah. what do the two weeks look like in between? Obviously, you're not having to do any well, real long first, runs. The first two days are kind of recovery days where you don't do any physical activity. But then I restart on a Wednesday, and I restart slightly slowly, and then I pick it up during the week. And uh, after a couple of days, I'm back to about the same pace I was that I had at the last one. So, Thomas, thank you very much for joining us. First off, thanks for joining us at Run for Heroes a couple of weeks ago. And, and really, th- thanks for being such an inspiration. And, and we would love to check back with you from time to time if we can. Sure. Hey, thanks. Okay, so thank you very much then, Chris. Okay. Thank you, sir. All the best. You're uh, listening to Running Flat Radio on AM 800 CKLW. I really need a new fireplace. You should check out Patio Palace. I said I need a new fireplace. And I said you should check out Patio Palace. Hi, this is Paul from Patio Palace. People generally don't think of us for fireplaces, but they should. We have carried gas and electric fireplaces for 16 years and have thousands of satisfied customers. Come in and check out the latest technology from Valor, the original radiant gas fireplace. No power, no problem. Valor fireplaces don't require electricity. A Valor fireplace is also a great source of heat in a Power outage. Find out more at patiopalace.com. Hey, honey, I saved on my prescription today. I know, dear. Seniors save on every prescription at Shoppers. Really? Yep, on every prescription covered by ODB. Huh, who knew? I knew. Uh, you know everything. You're right. At Shoppers Drug Mart, seniors pay four eleven or 0 for prescriptions once the deductible has been reached. Because we'll reduce your fees or co-pay by $2 for all prescriptions covered by the Ontario Drug Benefit Program. Transferring your prescriptions is easy. Simply speak with one of our pharmacists and we'll take care of the rest. Now the four forecast from the AM800 Weather Center. Tonight, partly cloudy with fog after midnight, a low of 10. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, a high of 22. Wednesday night, clearing another low of 10. Thursday, mix of sun and cloud, high of 26. Friday, showers, a high of 19. Saturday, cloudy, 40% chance of showers and a cool high of just 12. Once again, partly cloudy tonight with fog after midnight, a low of 10. Mainly cloudy tomorrow and a high of 22. It's only here once a year. The all-out clear-out at your Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram retailer. With clear-out discounts up to over $10,000. Plus, 0% financing for 36 months on select models. Great deals on Ram 1500 with up to 40 MPG highway. Dodge Grand Caravan, Canada's best-selling minivan. And Dodge Journey, the country's number one selling crossover. But they're clearing out fast. So get to your Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram retailer today. Be, be, be prepared, because when the big news breaks, it breaks here. Our top story this hour. Our top story this hour. Our top story this hour. AM 800 CKLW. Looking to start running? Strap on a pair of comfortable shoes. Now put one foot in front of the other and keep going. It's that easy. This is this is Running Flat Radio on AM 800. 77-year-old Thomas, 198 marathons, and still going strong. I can't wait to see what uh, final number he finally hits. Eh? That is un- it's going to be impressive. Believable. Mm-hmm. You know, we we had we had Chuck Engel on right earlier uh, this year. And I think Chuck is somewhere around the 330 or 335 marathons. He's still going for for the world's record for the amount of marathons, but but still to be 77 years old and doing this, uh, you know, is just awe-inspiring. You know what's sad is my goal has been 42. And I'm thinking that's 42 a hefty, kilometers? 42 marathons. I'm thinking that's a pretty lofty goal. Meanwhile, this guy's blown it out of the water. I thought it was 42 kilometers. Yeah, that's my goal too. 
uh, you know, joining us uh, right now live in the studios, it's such a pleasure to have live guests, by the mm-hmm. way. I mean, we have lots of people on the phone that, you know, that, that visit us from time to time. Uh, but uh, we have Jay Hudson, who's a program director at 89X. And, uh, and he also ran the Run for Heroes marathon, half marathon, uh, with a 119, came in second. Yes. One hell of a run. And um, why, why don't you introduce uh, Clint? Uh, Clint is, um, man, he is just like the running guru. He has taught me a lot of things. He's uh, he has he's part of the Hanson's running team in Metro Detroit. He has his uh, his own company where he coaches runners and uh, helps a lot of runners around Metro Detroit and all over the place with uh, injuries. And he, uh, Clint Varon, he's the man. I'm I'm glad he came over because I've been trying to get him into the studio here because he has so much to offer and so much to talk about when it comes to running. That is awesome. So be- before we get to Clint. Let's talk about Run for Heroes. Yeah, and 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 how'd you enjoy it? It was a great event. It was uh, actually my first time running in a race over here in Ontario, and I thought it was it was amazing. I had to get used to the kilometers because I'm still like trying to figure <laughs> out the math in my head while I'm running, you know. So I was used to that. I'm like, all right, cool. So thank God for the Garmin that that that'll help me out. A that lot. is our gift to you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to all of our American uh, competitors. Did our, you have a favorite part of the course? My favorite parts, I would have to say, was. Um, not when the wind was coming at me at the beginning there. Which way? Uh, <laughs> no, going into the, um, what is the fort called again, Chris? Fort Malden. Yes, that yep. was awesome. Because I've been yep. there before with the uh, the wine festival. Right, right. To actually run through there was cool. Because last time I was stumbling around there <laughs> and, uh, you know, with the buzz. And this time I was actually running, so... Yeah, and you know, it's, it is wonderful to do that first thing in the morning yeah. too. By the way, because absolutely, uh, we actually we have Parks Canada open up that fort, especially mm-hmm. for us for that day, and um, it's it's a real real honor to be able to run through an eighteen twelve battle fort like that. And everyone was just like so nice and super cool. It was it was just a good event overall. Awesome, I recommend it. So let's talk Hansons. And let's talk about the entire process. I mean, I, I'm fascinated with the issue of always been of, of incubators and really just getting people with common uh, threads of ideas together and just working on it together with a common passion. And, you know, it's, it's such an odd place to do this in Michigan, with all due respect to Michiganders, uh, because you think of all the other running incubators that are in the world, they're all altitude. Mm-hmm. Or you know Colorado, uh, you know where, the, where most of the Olympic teams and uh, in Oregon, right? So so why is Hanson's in Michigan, and and also what's made them so popular? Uh, that's a good question, and happy to be on, Chris and Kelly. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's actually relatively simple. The reason that this Hanson's group is uh, in Michigan is because that's where the Hansons are from. That's where they grew up. Uh, Kevin and Keith Hanson are from. Michigan from Sterling Heights, and uh, they grew up here, and we're we're running in high school and in college here, and uh, you know they're just big running geeks. They they love running. They wake up and think about running every day. You know they probably dream about running. You know they're they're more into running than I ever will be. And you know I've run a lot of, a lot of races and been around running for 25 years. And and you so you've been with Hansons for how long? Uh, it's 15 years now, and I, I was actually one of the, the three original athletes that they uh, they asked to join this team and move into this house and live the together. House. Yeah. Clint, yeah. for those people who, um, by the way, it, it's awesome to finally meet you. I've been watching you race for years, and I've always uh, always loved watching you guys. I always love seeing your jerseys. You guys are always leading the pack in Detroit and everything else. So I'm glad to, it's really nice to finally meet you. But for those listeners that aren't familiar with the whole Hanson setup, can you just explain a little bit about exactly what goes on and how the, the runners kind of uh, work out? Yeah, sure. Well, it was uh, it was 15 years ago. Um, you know, people have short-term memories, but because they're thinking that uh, Americans and uh, North Americans are, you know, running really fast times right now. But about 15 years ago, when the program started, we were at a real lull in distance running in America. We had, uh, we we didn't have a lot of distance runners running fast. Uh, I participated in a U.S. Olympic Trials marathon in Pittsburgh in 2000, where the winning time was two hours and 15 minutes. And that might sound fast, but from a world standard perspective, it was a really, really slow uh, winning time for the top American runner. Um, you know, he went to the Olympics. He's a, uh, a guy that I competed against, Rod DeHaven, and he just didn't do anything at the Olympics. And uh, it was kind of sad because we had a heritage of fast running uh, in the 70s and a lot of a lot of great runners with uh, 
Bill Rogers and Frank Shorter winning the gold medal in 1972. And, you know, Kevin and Keith grew up watching and idolizing these great runners and these great American runners. And suddenly we just had nothing. And we were just a joke on the, on the national international scene. So, you know, they had started a running shop uh, in the metro Detroit area and, and had success. And they thought that they had the means possibly to, to help and do something. So what they thought the problem was is that all these guys were training individually across the country. And, and they looked at the Kenyans and the Ethiopians and the Japanese teams, and they were all training together. And so it was as simple as that. They just they had the idea that if you got fast young runners together with talent, and uh, and made a, a situation where they could have an environment to to run together and train together that good things would happen and it it actually worked and it worked so good that other uh, groups across the United States started forming kind of in their image and that's that's been the best part of it all is now we have options now as a pro runner or as a collegiate runner you can go pick you know pick where you want to live and there's might be a there might be a pro group there you can train with and I know you guys are. You guys have always been known for having a bunch of fast guy runners. But I think, what, two, three years ago, you had, what, Desiree, is that her name? That's right, yeah, yeah. Desiree she, Davila. Yeah. And she, what, did she win Boston, or she came pretty darn close? She, she came She came in second place at the Boston Marathon, but uh, it was a it was a heated battle right down to the wire. Yes. Uh, she actually took the lead, probably, with, um, I, bet, I bet with 100 meters to go, she had the lead on this Kenyan girl, and they were battling back and forth, and it was a really exciting finish, and... That's the kind of thing uh, you just don't see every day. And we hadn't, you know, until Meb won the Boston here uh, this past spring, we hadn't had an American man win since something like 1982 with Greg Meyer, who was also right. from Michigan. Yeah. Yep. Are there other women in, in Hanson's? Yeah, sh- sure. When uh, when Brooks came on board in, in 2000, and uh, I think they came on board in 2003, so four years after the formation, they... Uh, they enabled the group to really expand and, and grow twice as big and bringing on women. And it's been a, it's been a big success. As a matter of fact, you know, you could argue that some of the successes that our women's program has had have, have out outshined some of the stuff that the men have done. And we, they found that the formula getting young, talented, motivated runners together to train for an extended period of time worked just as well for women as it did for men. What? Tell me about the colors of, of the Hanson shirts. We, we, we talked. I love I love let's, them. Let, let's talk about the that that emblem of the of the Hanson runner that that you always see in, in the elite class, always running first. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about that. It's a, it's kind of a funny story, and it's something that that people always ask. You know, like where did they get that from? And <clears throat> I think sometimes people are wondering. Uh, Oh, that's cool because they want to, you know, they want a uniform like that. But on other uh, other times, people are, are probably wondering, where'd you get those ugly uniforms? They stick out, <laughs> they're gaudy, you know, and things like that. But but the bottom line is, people recognize it, you know. And and uh, what Kevin and Keith did was uh, they actually stole the the color scheme uh, from the McDonald's Corporation. They did. <laughs> they, honestly, God, and and you know, I I know it works for a fact because <laughs> I've got a. I've got a five-year-old little girl at home named Katie, and uh, and when she was like a year old, we'd be driving down the the uh, the road, and she'd look out the window and she'd see that the orange, like golden arches, you know, the yellow and yellow, orange, and black, and she knew that was McDonald's. She didn't know anything else about the whole world, but she knew that that was McDonald's, <laughs> and she could see it from the back seat of the car, you know. Right. So it, it is. It sticks out. You Makes know, sense. it's it, yeah. It's um, people don't think about putting those colors together because it kind of clashes and it it sticks out and um kevin had picked up on that concept he coaches high school girls in sterling heights and uh he, he'd always given them like really really hot pink uniforms so that uh he could see where they're at yeah you are uh, listening to running flat radio on m800 cklw and we'll be right back after these messages AM 800. I listen to you guys every day faithfully because honestly and truly, AM 800 is the best source of news and talk for Windsor. CKLW. It's 7.30. From the AM 800 News Center, your number one news source in Windsor, Essex. An information update with Paul Pedro. A high-risk takedown by Windsor Police today has netted several people in custody. It happened at Ottawa and Kildare around 2 this afternoon. Authorities cannot say any more because the investigation is still active. More details are expected tomorrow, though. Three persons of interest are being sought by Windsor Police after shots were fired near 1091 Droulard Road yesterday afternoon. Investigators found several spent casings in one round of live ammunition, but nobody is hurt. The description of the three men can be found on the AM800 website. 
And the trial of former Windsor Spitfire Ben Johnson continues. Today, the court heard from the brother of the female complainant. Johnson is charged after an incident at the Crooked Kilt in January of 2013, where he's accused of forcing a woman to touch his genitals in the guy's bathroom. AM 800 Sports, the Royals are home to Oakland tonight in the American League Wild Card game. First pitch, 8 o'clock. The Tigers visit Baltimore on Thursday to begin their ALDS. And the Essex 73s are hosting Wheatley tonight in Junior C Hockey. Right now, Essex up 1-0 in the first period. From the AM 800 Weather Center, tonight partly cloudy with fog after midnight, a low of 10. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, a high of 22. Wednesday night, clearing and another low of 10. Right now in Windsor-Essex, 13 Celsius, that is 55 Fahrenheit. I'm Paul Pedro, AM 800 News. When you're able to focus your mind and your body, anything is possible. From 5K runs to half marathons to the full 26.2 miles. We talk about it all on Running Flat Radio, Tuesdays, 7 till 8 on AM 800. Hey, welcome back to uh, Running Flat Radio. Chris Zinski, Kelly Steele. Uh, in the studio with us is uh, Clint Varon from uh, the Hansons uh, Running Group and, and Jay Hudson from 89X. So, you know, I gotta, first off, before we get to everything else we really want to talk about, let's talk about the marathon as it currently sits today as a world record. Some big news happened this week in the Berlin Marathon where, uh, where a, a Kenyan... Uh, Dennis Cometto had actually gone out and broken the world record. Will we see in the next decade, or maybe in our lifetime, a sub-two-hour marathon? That's that's a great question. I think folks were asking that same thing back in 1940. Whatever, would somebody ever break four minutes for a mile? And that was the question back then. You know, it's doctors were saying it's humanly impossible right. to break a four-minute mile, and and now we have high school kids doing it. You know, so what happened? You know, did we, did humans change or something like that? You know, what, what really happened there? Why did, once Roger Bannister broke four minutes, why in in the next few years were guys doing it everywhere? You know, so, you know, two minutes in a marathon really is nothing uh, compared to what those guys had to knock off to to run a sub four minute mile. So, you know, the easy part of that question, is there going to be a sub two hour marathon? Uh, of course there is. Well, we're only two minutes and 57 seconds away from that, right? That's right. That's right. And, you know, a few years ago, we were five or six minutes away from that. Uh, so, you know, that's coming down fast. Uh, the tough part of the question is, will we see it in the next 10 years? You know, the timing on that, that's that, that's tough. And, you know, we can sit around and talk about that, that for hours. Another part of the sport uh, that's that's uh, not talked about so often is the performance-enhancing drugs right. in the sport. And, and how clean is that was was the next question that I was going to ask. That's right. And, you know, sometimes those are questions that you'll never know the answer to that. Um, one interesting part of the sport of track and field, not so much distance running, is that we've kind of seen a slowing down of the progress of the uh, some of the shorter distances, the sprints, things like that. You know, we're not seeing world records in the uh, in the 100, the 200, the 400, the way they were coming around back in the uh, in the 90s. Because of testing. That's that's one of the theories out there. <laughs> I mean, you know, because people ask me all the time about marathon runners, and I say, well, it's kind of like the NHL. You know, there's no testing in the NHL. You know, I mean, I, I still hear stories about the old guys in, in in the NHL used to, you know, crack open a case of beer and after a game, and and that was that that was their nutrition. And they should, and they should after a hockey game for sure. But <laughs> no, actually, Chris, the, there is quite extensive testing now uh, in distance running at the highest levels. Uh, Anytime there's a fair amount of money involved, uh, you'll find that there's testing. Uh, for a long time during my career, I was on what they call an out-of-competition testing pool where uh, I gave a local, actually a national testing firm called USADA, the USA Anti-Doping Authority, uh, my whereabouts at 24 hours a day so they could come and test me um, at my house, at my work, my training facility. But wasn't that mostly because of Olympic standards and and being in the Olympic standard range? (laughs) Yes, right, because, you know, the United States was concerned that they're going to get a guy on their team, he's going to go to the Olympics, and he's going to test positive, so that would look bad. And also, you know, there's an honest effort to make the sport as clean and make the playing field as as even as possible. Is it a pretty clean field? Well, it's (laughs) it's really, really hard to say. Um, I've known uh, people that I've raced against that I've gotten... uh, caught that tested positive for uh for epo or for uh for testosterone based uh based drugs i you know in my heart i i hope that it's clean it's hard mm-hmm. for me to know because all i really know about is myself you know i 
Jay over here might be doing uh, doing steroids, and you know I think he's a great guy, but who knows if he's doing steroids or not? You know he's probably <laughs> Shh, he's, come on, man. he's probably not getting tested out oh, there. Detroit's you know? going to so test him now. <laughs> I, I'd like to think you know, and the thing is that they're not going to test a guy like that Thomas guy who was on the on the phone because uh, you know if he runs five minutes faster, or ten minutes faster, uh, g- good for him. He's not hurting anybody else, yeah. or he's not stealing money for somebody. But you know you go, you go set a world record that can be worth a million dollars or more. Right. And these sponsors want to have an idea that their athletes are clean, hopefully. Right, but the entire motivation really is around the Olympic standard and world record holders. The, yeah, the, the, there is no other motivation. Right, the, the super elite level, you know, and and honestly, there's not a real motivation for a, a three-hour marathoner to, to go take some drugs that might harm his or her body to run two hours and fifty-eight minutes. But you know, I I do I have run into community-based runners that that are so into it that that will push their limits. Another thing. If you watch TV, it doesn't take long. You're going to see ads for, uh, uh, you know, low T drugs that you know uh, you can put on your skin, under your arm, uh, you know, to enhance your male performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I watch uh, you know TV shows where they're always advertising these guys with uh, low testosterone, and they want to go back to their youth. You know, those drugs that they're putting on their body are are, are banned substances and performance uh, and in uh, distance running and things like that. So you can get, you can get drugs legally that, that will help your performance that are actually against the rules in distance running. So let, let's go back to uh, the Hansons and the Hansons method, because, because that's always something that we always talk about. Mm-hmm. And, and what's so different between the Hansons training program versus, you know, the uh, a traditional program that, that we would get off of any one of the coaches, even some of the more famous ones off of, off of runner's world. Yeah, well, you know, there's probably a lot more similarities than there are actual differences. Uh, the one that most people want to know about is uh, uh, Kevin and Keith believe that most community-based runners don't require a 20-mile training run for their, their marathon training. They feel like over the years people have overemphasized the need for that 20-mile run. And I've been curious to ask that, that uh, 77-year-old Thomas guy if he feels like he needs to go out and run 20 miles before he runs a marathon. I, I bet you he probably doesn't. I bet you he... You know, his longest run between those marathons probably is less than 20 miles. So, so you what's know, your highest mile then for a long run? Well, that's that's the thing. Um, you notice I, I prefaced that, that uh, Kevin Keith believe that's true for most community-based runners. And he's, yeah. they're talking about folks that are running 20, 30, 40, 50 miles a week. They've always thought that to go 20 miles and you're running 40 miles in a week, that, that that's half of your weekly running in one day. They thought that that was risking too much. You're risking mm-hmm. injury. You're also risking just not recovering from it from a, from a metabolic standpoint. It's, it's tough on your body. Um, I went out and ran a 20-mile run this morning, um, and I run for the Hansons, but most of our athletes are running between 100 and 140 miles a week. So a 20-mile run for me this week is only 20% of my training. You know, I've run weeks where I've run 160 miles in a week, and that's pushing up on an entire marathon every single day. So for me to go and run a 20-mile run, it's not that big of a deal. But for someone who's running 20 miles a week, they just thought people were getting injured. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're running 20 miles, you're still having to run six more on race day. So there still is a leap of faith. So if you can stay injury-free, if you can run 16 miles and feel good about it, they felt like you could run just as fast on race day, if not faster. So out of that 160 miles or 140 miles in a Hanson's training week for an elite athlete, what what are we talking about here? Like, is there a speed workout day in there somewhere? Is there is there a longer run than a shorter run? Like 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 like, like where is the, the the blip in that in that week? Well, it's it's all of the above. If you're running if you're running that much, and I would I would say our, our elite men are probably averaging between 120 and 130. So what they're doing is they're probably running 13 times a week. So most days they're doing two runs. Um, maybe the day they do a 20 mile run or a longer run, they take the afternoon off. So they're running twice a day. Um, in general, our, our program allows for, uh, what, what they call something of substance, like a, a speed workout, a tempo run or a long run, a hard run or a race. And then we follow that up with two days of relatively easy running. Um, and then we do easy, easy running, you know, re- recovery based running. <laughs> the young kids that I run with recover at, you know, six minutes a mile, six thirty is that what their easy days are, you know, because their marathon pace is five flat, yeah. you know? So it's all it's all perspective, you know. It really, is perspective. If if your marathon pace is five minutes, a seven minute run is a very very slow pace for you. 
It's interesting because I have a lot of friends <clears throat> who are actually this year training on your plan, which is really um, running on tired legs and not doing your long 20 miler. And I'm still that old school runner where, you know, everything I've done has always worked. And even though I know change is good, I'm still, I've always done, you know, two twenties and a 22. Why? Just because I always have. So I've really watching these people because I want to see what the performance is. And I know they're going to blow their times out of the water because all of them right now, like you're saying, they're not injured. They're all feeling the best they've ever felt. So <laughs> I'm thinking next year, I'm going to have to switch over, which will be really strange because I've been following the same plan for probably 14, 15 years. You know, it's always worked for me. Well, that's interesting, Kelly, because, you know, my, my thought on it is, although I'm a Hanson's athlete and, you know, I, I run based on their program, I feel like there's there's many ways to, to skin a cat. You know, there's yeah. there's many ways to do it. Uh, there was a book that came out a couple of years ago where these, these folks um, were running three times a week. They were doing a tempo run, a mm-hmm. long run, and a speed workout. And other than that, they just did some cross training. Yeah, I remember and, that. And, and some folks were running faster that way. Um, I feel, I bet you, you know, you ask, ask some of the folks that have run long periods of time, this Thomas guy on the phone, I, he would tell you that there's, there's many ways to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and running on tired legs it, it is one way. And I've seen that, I've seen that backfire on people too, where they think they're just going to be tired all the time and they never pull out of that funk either. Really? So as you know, as I've gotten older, I've started to focus more on you know recovery-based training, mm-hmm. and uh, and and that's kind of the way I'm looking at things. You know, I'm going to turn uh, 40 years old next year, and so this is the oldest I've ever been running, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel like I'm having to learn how a 40-year-old body works compared to my 20-year-old body that I ran with in college. Which is a great point, and we have a lot of brand new runners that listen to this show or even non-runners that listen to this show because they find it fascinating. So let, let's take a look at that 140, 120, you know, mile week workout for an elite athlete. They don't do that every single week, 52 weeks a year, do they? No. What they try to do is they, they try to build in these uh, these cycles of training. And, uh, and marathons are good for, for cycles because... You know, here in North America, um, it's nice to run a marathon in the yeah. spring because yeah. it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to run a marathon in the middle of July. Nope. It's miserable. And then the fall, again, nice and cool. It's a good mm-hmm. time to run a marathon. Does anybody want to run a marathon in January? No, it's too cold. So it's it's nice to, uh, to kind of cycle through. You can go through a base building phase where you're, you're not doing a lot of speed work. You're just kind of getting the miles in. You're building up your body's tolerance to training, not just your muscles and your heart and your lungs, but sometimes the connective tissue and things like that. You know, the ligaments that hold your knee together and your feet together and your hips together, those things, uh, you don't necessarily strengthen those things, but you kind of build up a tolerance to yeah. pounding against the ground. I was going to say that's how they eventually get to those mileage because, you know, they build up a tolerance with their body. And and a lot. Conditioning. And, and yeah. not only that, um, if there's a, a young person who's running for the Hanson squad, they were a standout athlete probably at a division one school in the university setting in america mm-hmm. they were probably the best runner on their division one team they're naturally talented gifted athletes and and on top of that they're dedicated and they've been doing it for since they were in high school or before we just had uh who did we have breakfast with the other day he came from iowa state university yeah a gentleman named mo yeah he, he's uh new on the team and he was telling us you know he just came from iowa state and, and what's the average age of of, of a hansen's runner on on the official team I want to say mid twenties, yeah. which also correlates with your physiological prime. So you know, it's if you can think back to when you were in your mid twenties. Uh, I can't. Stuff comes easier. <laughs> <laughs> I, love I can't remember anything in my mid twenties. You know, a, a lot, of, a lot of things uh, with your physical body uh, work a little bit better. Uh, you recover faster. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, you know, just just before we go to break, I, I want to do song of the week. I'd be remiss if we didn't do song of the week. So this is actually in in recognition of of the zombie chase that's coming up October 11th here on the waterfront in Windsor. Yeah, just turn it up just a hair. Matt Johnson, da da, infected. Uh, you're listening to Running Flat Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. 
Black Death has returned to plague our lands. Tomorrow on the all-new M3. Stay back. I'm surely infected too. Rain. Someone has to do what must be done. Winner of the 2014 People's Choice Award for favorite new TV drama. You're alive. You have a son. I am the Queen of France. And you are my subject. Rain. Season premiere tomorrow at 8. On the all-new M3. It's begun. You work hard, you get hungry. For one day, forget the brown bag and let AM800 and Subway restaurants treat you to lunch. AM800 Subway office lunch is back. Enter online at am800cklw.com and each week we'll pick our favorite entry. If your office wins, you'll enjoy a delicious platter of Subway sandwiches for up to 20 people. Delivered by the A-Team and me, Lisa, or Mike from the morning drive. Visit Subway restaurants for all your catering needs. Subway, eat fresh. Official contest rules available at now the forecast from the AM800 Weather Center. Partly cloudy tonight with fog after midnight, a low of 10. Mainly cloudy tomorrow, a high of 22. Clearing Wednesday night, another low of 10. Mix of sun and cloud Thursday, high of 26. Showers Friday, a high of 19. Cloudy Saturday, 40% chance of showers and a cool high of only 12. Once again tonight, partly cloudy with fog after midnight, a low of 10. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy and a high of 22. It's Lisa. Fall into a new 2015 vehicle and save. It's Provincial Chrysler's 10-event blowout this Thursday to Sunday in the Sears parking lot at Devonshire Mall. Sign and drive leasing. Plus, get an Apple iPad when you buy any new in-stock 2015. And get in on the door crasher, a 2015 Dodge Grand Caravan for $19,490 or $94 bi-weekly for a 24-month lease. All Provincial Chrysler new and pre-owned inventory on-site. 250 vehicles and bank representatives will be there too. It's the Provincial Chrysler 10-event blowout this Thursday to Sunday. It's the news. It's the reactions. And more. Okay, here's how I look at it. AM 800 CKLW. The information station. In for the open door. Tell me what you're waiting for. Helping you achieve your personal best. This is Running Flat Radio with Chris Yuzinski on AM 800. And uh, welcome back. Uh, Chris Yuzinski, Kelly Steele in the studio. And in with us today is uh, Jay Hudson, the program director of 89X, and a uh, runner, and Clint Varen. Now, Clint, you are a physiotherapist. You, you have a practice in... Rochester Hills, in, Michigan. Rochester Hills, Michigan. And we were just talking about how being an elite athlete, going into your 40s, uh, things don't move like they used to when you were 25 or, or even younger. So let, let's talk about the, the issue of conditioning and then and then what else should we be doing? Because we, we had a conversation too about, about yoga yep. uh, in the break. And, and new runners too, which is always... A yeah. Big thing. Yeah. So, so what what should we be doing as as runners getting off the couch and and not getting into the the injury prone areas that that we, we commonly see with IT bands, shin, shin splint. splints. Shins, mm-hmm. With new runners, oh. shin splint is huge. Why are they all getting shin splint? You, you know, it's, it's interesting asking me that question. I've I've got a master's degree in physical therapy from Wayne State and an undergraduate degree in exercise physiology and. 14 years practicing PT in the States, and my answer is exactly the same as that 77-year-old Canadian runner guy. You know, what do you do? There's no way around just kind of starting off very slow. His advice was spot on. I was listening to him, and, you know, he doesn't have a medical background, but he just knows that there's no way around starting off slow. And and people that get into a running program, they're usually highly motivated right off the, the beginning because they're excited about it. They got off that couch finally. You know, over where I'm from, uh, we have these massive church groups where they've got 1,500 runners from one church all training for a half or a full. And they're raising money and, you know, they're sending money to, uh, to Kenya to build wells. And so they're highly motivated people. And uh, to get somebody to go out and walk half a mile on day one or, or run, you know, run for two minutes. Uh, it's hard to talk somebody into that. They're ready to roll. They're ready mm-hmm. to get out there and, uh, they just do too much too soon. And, and it's, it, it's not that their heart and their lungs or their bones can't take it. It's, it's the connective tissue. Uh, it's, it's their, uh, their suspension or their, their chassis that just can't stand up to the pounding. And it's amazing how little it takes to kind of, kind of wreck your ankle and your shin and your foot. 
And that's hard because a lot of them don't get it. I, I told you, I teach a lot of new runners and they come out and they want to be runners so badly and they don't want to take their time. And, you know, you see the first night, you know, maybe running for 10 minutes. They don't know to pull back. They go, you know, as fast as they can. And, and then they come in and see you the next day with, you know, shin splint, knee problems, whatever. It's, yeah, it, it, it's rough. I mean, it, it's good for me in a way. It keeps me in business. You know, my, <laughs> That's what I do is I, I put out fires like this, but half the time it's it's psychological counseling that I do. I'm trying to talk people into slowing their pace down. You know, you, you're you 40 years old. You've got three kids. You, you don't need to try to run seven minute miles on day one. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay to, to just cover the ground and, and you'll enjoy it more if you're not hurt. Uh, the times in my life when I've been injured, it's been... Uh, it's been psychologically damaging. It being injured and trying to run, there's really nothing worse than that. You know, we, we had Jeff Galloway on uh, a couple months back, and 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 if we were going to do the marathon in 2015 in Amherstburg, Jeff was actually going to be our coach to uh, to bring the marathon on board and bring our runners along. And we had a frank conversation with him about you know not having an injury in 34 years or yeah, 35 years was like it. You know, because it's it's the Galloway method. Talk to me about your thoughts on on, on Galloway and 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 the whole run walk run walk. It's uh, <laughs> it, I mean, Chris, you could do a whole entire show just yeah. on that alone. Yeah. And honestly, I I've met Jeff. I I know Jeff, and the funny thing is, Jeff was an Olympic level marathon Absolutely, runner. Absolutely, yeah. And I'll tell you what, he he wasn't doing any walking when he was running his Olympic times. I'm telling you that. Right <laughs> no, 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 but, no, he but, wasn't. But he stumbled upon this. He he really yeah. stumbled upon it. And I remember 15 years ago listening to him talk, and I thought to myself, no one's gonna do this. No one's gonna sign up to voluntarily walk you know if you're having a bad day obviously you slow down to walk but a million runners later yeah he's it's it's caught on and and he's right he's he's come up with just giving somebody permission to rest and recover and walk a little bit and slow down and then get going again it's almost a metaphor for life you know if it gets hard or mm. you know you, you can you can walk but just just get ready and get your body ready to run again and there's nothing wrong with it and just that concept alone has helped the sport probably double in size in terms of participation. It definitely helped Disney's business, that's for sure. And that's where I first met him, actually. We were on a, uh, a speaking board together down at Walt Disney World, and he was talking about it. And I just in the back of my mind, I thought, this is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> now, Clint, during the break, we were talking about yoga and how right now there's been a huge push for runners to do yoga. What's, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I, I the way I see yoga is that uh, if you go into that yoga studio and it's hard for you and, and you look like a fool doing these postures, then you're getting something out of it. Mm-hmm. It's good for you. Uh, I have clients that will go into a yoga studio and they can do it all on day one. They're flexible. They can bend their bodies in half. I feel like they're not getting anything out of it. So you know, guys like, like me and Jay maybe could use a little more flexibility. I, I think it is good. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there are folks that maybe they're too flexible. And, and a lot of times it's it's the, the female, the women runners that they're really, really flexible. They're really, really good at yoga. And they're not quite getting out of it. Yeah, it's relaxing. Maybe they can build their core strength. I think that's the most important thing for those those ladies is building their abdominals up, yeah. building their core. But uh, the actual stretching flexibility, if you're already flexible, it's not getting you anywhere. Do you still think then the best cross training is strength training? Not necessarily because, uh, you know, the best cross training uh, would be something where you get maybe some uh, cardio benefit out of that too because our abilities to train our cardiovascular systems is almost unlimited. You know, gentleman on the phone said he worked out for two hours. These Tour de France guys will ride their bikes for five or six or seven hours a day. So our heart and lungs have unlimited ability to, to get strong where our muscles kind of shut down after a couple hours. And our, our physical bodies can't take the pounding of maybe more than about two hours. So mm-hmm. um, I like swimming. I really enjoy cycling myself. Mm-hmm. But then I think after all that's done, you know, especially especially the ladies need to work on their abs, their core, kind of hold everything together. Yep. Nutrition. We, we, can, we can't let you leave without talking <laughs> about elite level nutrition because, you know, we only have a couple minutes left in the show. But, you know. Do you guys run around and eat Big Macs you know, midstream <laughs> between between morning and afternoon run? Like like what's what, what's really going on in regards to to healthy eating and 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 fueling the body? You would be surprised, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I want to say on the men's side, it can go 
I've seen elite marathon runners that they do eat Big Macs, you know, oh, that yeah. they're health food or they're well, fast food junkies. Well, they, yeah. Dean Carnazis was on a couple weeks back ordering pizzas. Yeah. Right. He, you know, if, <laughs> if the engine's hot enough, it would burn just about anything. Um, I've, I've noticed a trend with probably with the, the women again, the women seem to be more sensible. They seem to eat better. Um, can you say that again? <laughs> No, they're they're more concerned with their health. It's probably why they live longer than <laughs> us, honestly, you know. But uh, I, I feel like uh, we probably overthink a lot of the things. You know, people ask me, what brand of supplement do you like better? Is this brand better than this mm-hmm. brand? And I think I've actually asked you that before. And, and it's, I think it's over. It's overthinking it. You know, yeah. when, it, when it comes down to it, the physiology, uh, you need a six-carbon glucose to, to hit your muscle yeah. cells and turn into two pyruvates, you know, and it, where that, what packaging it comes from, a lot of times it, it doesn't matter. A lot of times it's... It's just a matter of uh, eating healthy, eating like your grandmother told you how to eat. You know, get your fruits and vegetables in. Make sure you got a plate of food that's different colors. Don't always eat the same thing. You know, if it comes out of a box or out of a fast food window, it's probably not that good for you. A mutual friend of ours, uh, Brendan Martin. Um, I told him I'd shout him out. By the way, <laughs> he's actually a coach too. Works with uh, works with Clint, and uh, he actually said he had sushi or a steak or something before a race one time and had one of his best runs. It's it, it, it's amazing, you know. If that furnace is hot enough, uh, you can throw some garbage in there and get some decent results, you know. But um, it's probably a good idea to to just eat healthy in general and just for your health. I've I've known runners that were good runners and maybe their cholesterol wasn't that good. They might they might have some heart problems, in it, you know, in the future. So you want to well, eat healthy for well, sure. Well, fa- famously, uh, our good friend Dave McGivory has has that issue, right? I mean, you know, he, he thought, you know, if, if, if I can burn it hot enough and long enough, there wouldn't be an issue and then realize that, you know, he, he was a great candidate for a bypass. Uh, he just completed an Ironman, didn't he? Did, did anyone see that? I, I think he just did. I know he was training for one, and, and actually, when I was talking about uh, eating healthy, that's who I was talking about. Was, was that exactly Dave McGillivray? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, interesting. I mean, it, it's fascinating that a guy who's uh, that fit having having the issues, but but you know what? It, it's everybody, right? We're all individuals, and we all need to kind of look at ourselves. We all need to go see our doctors. We all need to go see our cardiologists before we start running, and we need to be sensible about the way we do things. And as Clint said, we all need to eat like Grandma told us. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, listen to your grandmother, but you, you have been listening to uh, to Running Flat Radio, and uh, thank you very much to, uh, to Jay Hudson. Thank you very much to, to Clint Barron. And Clint, uh, what's your website? It's uh, runguru.com. Real easy. Runguru.com. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks and for having me. the Hansons uh, team of the method. Thank you, Kelly. And uh, thanks for joining us. And keep running. And that's all I had to say about that. And that's the end of it. End of episode. Running Flat Radio with Chris Yuzinski. Tuesday night, 7 till 8 on AM 800. Running Flat Radio is a paid program. Local news is next on AM 800 CKLW, the information station.